0: Turn your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter 18. Jesus was a storyteller, and he always had a story for everything he was trying to say, and he had a great way of telling parables that would make it easy for people to understand. And in this 18th chapter, there's a couple of parables, and then there's just people that he sees and Each one shows a great story about him and what he had for us. And in the ninth verse here in chapter 18, he tells a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector. He's talking about what it is to be humble. And he says, you humble yourselves. He tells us to humble ourselves. And uh, apparently he thinks it's important. And so I want to talk about that today. And so let's all stand in honor of God's word. We're going to read these few verses here. And most of it is Jesus speaking. Chapter 18, verse 9 of Luke. To some who were confident of their own righteousness. So he's telling this to people who think that they're exactly where they need to be. And look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. It's a story about a Pharisee. And so he was probably talking to Pharisees. And so... Jesus is pretty sarcastic. He's kind of a funny guy. I can hardly wait to meet him because I want to hear his stories, and I'd like to hear maybe what these guys were doing when he told this story. I'm going to ask him. I said, "What do those guys do when you start telling that story? Did they start getting squirmy or whatever? Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. It's like he looks around the room and says, I'm glad I'm not like any of these guys. And uh, it's kind of interesting. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at di- a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And this is what he says to us. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Father, in the world that we live in, you've called us, your followers, to be different than what the world says we're to be. And Father, I pray today that you would help us to live humble lives. And Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just come and speak into our hearts. Show us ourselves. Help us to see ourselves in the mirror of God's Word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God always calls us, His world is, uh, there used to be a cartoon character, and it was Bizarro. And Bizarro World, everything was just opposite whatever looked like this was something else and, and when Jesus teaches he always says stuff that everybody looks at and goes what, are you, what is this guy talking about and everything's always backwards and upside down and, and uh, when you read this scripture and this is what he's wanting he, he's wanting you to say I know somebody like that I know somebody that's proud and usually when we get to that point where we say I know somebody like that usually the person is us and in Scripture, we've got to be really careful. And Jesus was always, the way he told his stories, he was always this way. But usually what I find in Scripture, when Jesus is telling a story and I think, I know somebody like that, if I keep listening, usually that person is me. And if we're honest, we tend to be quite a bit, or we tend to think quite a bit about ourselves. You see, from birth, we ch- kind of look out for me. If you're around kids at any amount of time, it doesn't take them long to figure out how to get what they want. How to manipulate things to where they get the best of everything. And, And we're trying to seek to learn how to be more of God and less of me. And we tend to hold ourselves up in a good light. And in the world we live in, the Pharisees would have posted his prayer. He would have taken a picture of himself and posted his prayer on Facebook. So that everyone could see, because he was all about appearances. How do I look? How do people see me? And we start out as little kids learning this. And uh, Jesus says, though, that in order to be exalted, in order to be uh, raised up, you have to be humbled. And he says the exalted are going to be humbled, and the humbled are going to be exalted. But we live in a culture where humble is looked down upon. And Jesus says that if we're true followers of God, that we have to be humble. He says the humble inherit the earth. Not the humble earn the earth, but they inherit the earth. If you read on into this chapter a little bit, the rich young ruler says, what must must I do to inherit the earth? Well, you don't do anything to inherit. Inherit is only for the family. Inherit is what you get because you've been born into a family. It's not because you did anything it's because you were part of the family. The humble are part of the family. The humble become the, the sons and daughters of God. If we truly want to be in the family of God, we have to be humble. So you say, how do, I, how do I get to be humble? Do I just decide that I'm going to be humble? You just say, okay, today I'm going to be humble. Because it's hard, because it's in us. It's something that's uh, in us to be uh, looking out for ourselves uh, two weeks ago, a week ago, my little granddaughters uh, stayed with us during Bible school, and my granddaughter, Addie, loves to look at herself in the mirror it 's almost weird it 's one of the weirdest things i 've ever seen and uh, she we have a, I have a chair and we, of course we have a limited space it 's very small in the camper and i have a chair and cindy has the couch and i have a chair and there is a full length mirror in there that we put in there so on sunday when we get ready we can kind of check ourselves out and it's hard to it just it's not in a good place but it's a perfect height for a little kid and one night i was sitting there and i was trying to watch tv and she's just twirling around and around she's got a blanket and she's putting it over her head and, and she just and i said what are you doing i'm just looking in the mirror pappy and i said you've been doing it for 30 minutes i know i love to look in the mirror and i was like i can't see the tv for you i don't care i love to look in the mirror and and after i figured out what she was doing i kind of started watching for it because she really enjoyed it and it it was she does it all the time it's, she just doesn't stop she changes her clothes she looks in the mirror and just keeps and she just goes all the, and, and she'll put something on her head and look in the mirror and I told Cindy I said this is not right and she goes all the little girls that way and I said no and she goes oh yeah see we love ourselves and we love to show ourselves in a good light And we love to make sure that everybody sees us. And I think more in this culture, maybe, than ever before, is it hard to be humble. Because to be humble, you have to see yourself as you really are. And it's hard to do that when everything we present to other people is in the best possible light possible. We start believing what we're telling everybody else. We don't talk about our mess-ups. We don't post pictures of ourselves that would show us in a bad light. We always show people the best of ourselves. I am not a Facebooker, but my wife is. And when she posts pictures, when we used to fish, back in the good old days, when we used to fish, if we caught a big fish, she'd take a picture of it. And she would post it. You know, she's never posted all of those little bitty fish that we catch. And we catch way more little bitty ones than we do big ones. But she never posts, look at the small little tarry fish that we caught today. Or she never posts and said, well, we went to the lake today and we didn't catch nothing. She never posts that. She only posts the good pictures of the big fish that we catch, which aren't very many, but she always posts them. You know, we never show our... We try... We are very careful in our lives that we always show ourselves in a good light but to be humble we have to see ourselves as we are because if we don't we start believing what we're telling everybody else and it's usually we try to make ourselves just just as long as i look better than the next person and this pharisee could not see himself as he really was was. and i want you to look at the way that he prays Jesus taught us how to pray, and Jesus said we come, and the first thing we do is when we come to the Father, we say, Father. And that word means source of all, the giver of all, all life comes from you, everything I have. So the first thing that I say, and the first position that my heart has to come to, when I come to... God is this father position where I come to you knowing that you are the person who gives everything, that you are the giver of all things, that you are the source of all things, and I really don't have any right to come to you, but I'm coming to the source of all things. And that's how we're supposed to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. And the next thing is how holy your name is, and how thy will be done, and all these things. I want you to... Look, it's interesting how this... Guy comes to pray, and Jesus says that he prays about himself. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. His first word was not Father. His first word was not coming to God as the source. His first word was not coming to God as the provider of everything, as the giver of all things. He comes to him and he says, God, I. He's just kind of like, hey, God. And then he said, I. And this is one of the, I I love this scripture. I love how Jesus puts this because he is so sarcastic. I thank you that I'm not like everybody around me. You see, he doesn't put God as the standard. He said, I thank you that I'm better than this guy. I, I thank you that I'm better than, and he doesn't talk about even the guys that are around him. He says, I thank you that I'm better than a robber. I thank you that I'm better than a thief. Well, I'm just going to tell you, a thief, that'd be, like, that'd be like saying, God, I thank you that I'm better than Adolf Hitler. I'm going to tell you, it don't take much to be better than Adolf Hitler. It just really, that's not, that's not a real high standard there. God's up here, Adolf Hitler's way down here, and saying, God, I just thank you that I'm better than a mass murderer. This is not nothing to be thankful for. Our standard is not other people. Our standard is not the people around us. And I think sometimes we think, well, I'm just I'm doing better than they are, or I'm living a better life than they are. So that's okay. I'm going to tell you, the world is not our standard. What we see posted and what we see uh, lifted up in the world is not the standard. God is the standard, and Jesus is saying this. And he said, and he says, I just I'm thank you that I'm not like all other men and this is far from humble because he has placed himself above all other men and it sounds really arrogant but if we're honest we tend to think this way that we tend to think this way as well i tend to think that the way i do things is the best and we're all this way and we have to be very careful the way I do business, the way I raise my kids, the way I treat my wife, the way I live my life, the way I spend my money. And we begin to take pride in those things, and we become proud of it. God, I thank you that I'm living better than Joe Blow down the road. And he, it's just like this guy here. He looks around the room, and he sees people he doesn't want to be like. And he thanks God. He thanks God. I thank you, God, that I'm not a robber. I thank you that I'm not an evildoer. I thank you that I'm not an adulterer. And most of all, God, I thank you that I'm not a tax collector. And And now this Pharisee guy is keeping the law. But Jesus says, if you break one of the commandments that you have broken them all... And I can't believe at one time or another that this guy has not broken one of the laws. I can't think that at some time in his mind, or sometime in his heart, or sometime in reality... Maybe when he was in school, he cheated off somebody else's paper, he stole one of their answers, and he was a thief. I have to think that at some time or another, if he was a man, that he at some time or another had a lustful thought go through his mind. The Word says if you've lusted in your heart, that you've committed adultery. So he is a thief and an adulterer. I can't believe that this guy has forgotten his shortcomings. And when he looks around, he says, he says, I'm glad I'm not like these guys. And he doesn't stand on his righteous living. He stands on two things. This is what's interesting to me. He says, I thank you, even if you not like this tax collector, he says, this is what he is basing all of his salvation on. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. That's his rebuttal to the sin in his life. And this man, this is what he, he thinks. And Jesus uh, writes, says this here so that we can see that he doesn't have a very good defense at all. If you were standing before, and we just had a, a raid, we had a, 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 an election this last week, and, and we, they were electing judges, and we all want a good judge. Everybody wants a good judge. And if, a good, if you stand before a good judge, if you're guilty, what does a good judge do? A good judge will sentence you according to the law. A good judge will not let you off. Okay? And so he stands before God. Imagine this, that he's standing before God. And his answer for all of his sin is, imagine that you go before a good judge. And you've stolen something. And you say, yes, I stole something. But I fast twice a week. And I give a tenth to my church. What's a a good judge going to say? He's going to say, I don't care. I don't care. That's his response to sin. That is what he thinks is going to save him. That's one day he's going to stand before his maker, and he's going to have to answer for all the sin in his life, and he says, I fast twice a week, and I tithe and we are the same way we look at our life and we look at other people's lives and we say well at least i'm not doing what they're doing at least i'm not doing what they're doing at least i'm not doing what they're doing and i'm a pretty good guy and i come to church and i tithe and i'm this and i'm that and someday if we're not careful that's going to be our defense in front of an almighty all-holy god and it's going to sound as ridiculous as this we're going to stand before god and have to answer for everything that we have ever done every one of us will we will stand before god and some is going to have the same answer this guy did well i went to church i wasn't as bad as the robber i wasn't as bad as the thief i wasn't an adulterer i never cheated on my wife I t- fasted twice a week and I gave a tenth of all I had. And you know what God's going to say? What's that got to do with anything? Was your heart ever changed? Did you ever come to me and say, there's no way that I can possibly get rid of this sin in my life. This guy thinks if I fast twice a week and I tithe, that that's going to undo all the sin in my life. I want you to know this morning, there is nothing you can do to undo all the sin you 've done, the only hope we have is humbling ourselves before Almighty God, the, the, the source of everything, and saying, I just like this tax collector and say i 'm a sinner, I have no, uh, I have no defense there 's no defending me. This is what I am. I am a sinner. I, I, I have nothing that I can do to make it better. I can 't fix what i 've done." I can't go back and undo it. I can't go back and make it better. I can't go back and make it right. I have no defense whatsoever. I just, could you just, could you just have mercy on me? That's all I have. Do you know that's all any of us have? Does God want us to come and worship together? Absolutely. Does his word tell us that we're supposed to give? Absolutely. Does the word tell us that we're supposed to stay away from sin? Absolutely. But the only thing that's going to save us is when we humble ourselves and see our sin for what it really is and see our lives for what it really is and come before a holy God and say, I have no defense whatsoever. I just need you. And that's what the tax collector did. And God has called us as people, as His people, to live a life that is humble. And our defense for our Christianity cannot be, I went to church some, I gave some. I go to church here and then, and I give some here and then, here and now. And I have to choose. Am I going to humble myself before a holy God and ask for mercy. I love the way this guy prays. He looked to heaven. He beat on his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He had no defense. There was no defense. There was nothing he could say. He knew that. He he had nothing to stand on. None of us have anything to stand on. And if you go on down, it says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Have you ever been humbled? If you, if you had a, something a, a sign-up sheet, and we said, we're going to have a sign-up sheet out here for everybody that would like to be humbled. Nobody would sign up. Nobody wants to be humbled. Nobody signs up to be humbled. Nobody likes to be humbled. And the Word says, so I can be humbled, or I can be humble. We have a choice. And I don't know about you, but I have been humbled before. I don't, I don't like it. It's not fun. Life humbles us. Uh, I've lost jobs before, and it's humbling. People have failed they have dreams that they think is going to work out, and it and it doesn't pan out, and they're humbled that way. Failed relationships, and God humbles us in other ways. But but he but he says that we would like that he would like for us to humble ourselves. And you say, so how do I humble myself? Well, I started looking at this, and how did this guy humble himself? The first thing he did, he looked at his life, and he said, Lord. He's looked, is there any sin that I need to confess? And so he confesses any sin. We have to confess and repent. If we want to truly be humble in our lives, we have to see ourselves for who we are, and we have to repent for that. And the second thing we can do to humble ourselves and to be what God has called us to be, we have to treat others better than ourselves. We have to find ways, look for ways to serve others and put them first. Let others choose the restaurant. Let others do whatever, they, I mean, try to help others. Help, help when we're asked without griping. Have you, ever, have you ever been asked to do something, but you made sure that they knew that you didn't want to do it? Can you help me? Can you help me do this? Yeah, but I'm really busy and I got lots of things to do. And I, yeah, I'll do that. Wouldn't it be better if we just humbled ourselves and said, "Yeah, you know, I'll help you. I'll help you. Don't let everybody know all the things you got to do. Just do it." The third thing that we can do is ask for help. Many of our, many of us go through life and we get in bad spots and we never ask for help. We're too proud. Too afraid of what others might say, asking for help humbles us, humbles us next Sunday night, we were going to do around the table, and next sunday night we 're going to do it and uh, Ariel is going to give her testimony, and that 's what we do on that night and I remember a day I don't know where, yeah I remember a day I remember a day after church that her and Ross and I've told this story before but her and Ross came and I had no idea what was going on with them what was going on in their lives and her and Ross came into my office and they'd been going to church here and and had been down at the altar and and praying and God was working in their life and doing things and and they came into my office, and they said, Pastor, we're, we need to be married. We're living together. And they just, both of them just broke down. It was humbling. It was humbling. And I remember how bad I felt for them, but I also remember how excited I was because they they went through this, I I will never forget that day. And they were both just like, this cannot be fixed. We have, and they got done telling we're sorry, Pastor, and we should have told you quicker, and we don't know what to do, and and we just. And I remember, I remember, I was I was sad with them, but I remember saying. We can fix this because I had the answer. I had the answer. You see, they, they became humble, but then God came in and said, well, I can fix this. This isn't anything that I can't fix. There are steps that we can take, and, and we can do this because you ask for help. They humble themselves and they ask for help. And when we humble ourselves, when we get to the end of ourselves and we say, God, I can't do anything with this. I've made a mess of this. I don't know what to do here. How do I fix this? That's where the tax collector is. He says, I can't fix this. I have nothing to stand on. I don't go to church. I don't do anything. All I do is sin and I don't know what to do. And God, could you just have mercy on me? And God said, you're justified, just like that. He didn't make him go through and didn't make him do anything. He said, your humble spirit (coughs) is what I'm looking for. And immediately, this guy was justified in the eyes of God. Just because he was humble. And folks, God has called us to this. And it's completely opposite of what the world... When people see what... what they, God wants us to be humble. I want to ask you, do you exalt God? Or do you exalt yourself? Where we live, in the day and age we live in, it's really hard to humble ourselves. And we're encouraged all the time to promote ourselves and promote uh what we do every moment of the day but god has called us to humble ourselves and god has called us to be more of him and less of me i want i want lance to come this morning i want you to stand prayed in the early hours of the morning on how to end this service. and I just want to open up the altars. I don't know where you are or what you're facing in your life or what's going on in your life, but maybe you're like this tax collector this morning. Someday you're going to stand before God And are you going to just say, well, you know, I went to church. That's what I did. I was a nice guy. How many times have you heard people say, well, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I, I do good things. I help people. And Is that going to be your defense when you stand before a holy God? As I look at this guy, he goes, I fast twice a week and I give a, and I tithe. That's his only defense. What's your defense this morning? I want you to know it. Sometime in your life, all of us have to come to the place where we realize, I have no defense. I am this. I'm the worst there is. I have sinned against a holy God and I have nothing to defend myself with. And we just have to come and cry out to the mercy of God this morning. Maybe that's you this morning. You say, Pastor, what would people think? They'd think you humbled yourself. See, that's what's so hard about it. We don't even want to ever... We don't want to admit that we need this, a Savior. I can make it through life by myself. I don't need anybody else. I don't need a Savior. This guy didn't need a Savior. He fasted twice a week and tithed. What did he need a Savior for? He needed a Savior. We all need a Savior. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, if you were really honest, you say, I need, I need a Savior. I have nothing to stand on this morning. I just need to humble myself and pray today. If that's you this morning, come. We're going to rejoice with you. If God's speaking to you this morning, if God's speaking to your heart, humble yourself and come and throw yourself at the mercy of God this morning. Let's sing.